This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we introduce you to one of our 13 club sports at Bates, rugby. Plus, our recap of the week that was in varsity athletics, including interviews with standouts from the Bates field hockey, volleyball, and men's tennis and golf programs. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates football team fell 24-0 on the road to Nezcacfo Middlebury on Saturday. The Bobcat offense could not find the end zone, but the Bates defense recovered from some early struggles to hold the Panthers to just seven points in the second half. Interim head coach Ed Argas gives his take on the game. Coach, obviously Middlebury, always a tough opponent uh, for the Bobcats, especially a road trip to Middlebury. It seemed like after the opening drive, the defense held up fairly well throughout the rest of the game, but couldn't get much going on offense. What were your kind of impressions of what you saw out there? Well, uh, the defense made quite a few mistakes in the beginning of the game and then got it together and, and I thought played pretty well. Uh, I thought they put together a good second half. Offensively, we couldn't get anything going. Uh, it was one guy here, one guy there, one guy here. You know, the typical story. So, um, you know, we, we watched the film, we pointed out the mistakes, and we got to get them corrected and, you know, and show up. We didn't show up. That's the disappointing thing. And obviously road games, is it a little bit tougher than home just because it's somewhat unfamiliar surroundings and the long trip, or how is that It going? was the length of the trip yeah. that was tough on us. You know, when we left, we left fairly fairly early in the afternoon, and it was, it was, it was tough. It was a tough, tough road. What were some major impressions from, you know, watching film on what the offense needs to do to kind of get going again? Because they looked good against Amherst and then struggled to score there against Middleton. Well, they forgot their, one, they forgot their physicality, you know, but... Aside from that, it's as simple as them doing what they're supposed to do, and they didn't do that. And, and it was wasn't one particular group; it was each position group. You know, our quarterback, our offensive line, our running back, you know, our wide receivers. We just couldn't put anything together. And then defensively, you mentioned the mistakes early, but what adjustments did you see them make to kind of, you know, they forced a few mistakes on Middlebury's part, right? Yeah, the defense started doing what they were coached to do, yeah. and they weren't doing that in the beginning of the game, and, and that was pretty obvious. So uh, I was happy to see that turn around. That bodes well for the future. Tony Hooks uh, leads the NESCAC in tackles right now through two games, even though he didn't get to play the whole Amherst game. What are you seeing from him specifically? You know, he's, for one, he's a great leader, no doubt. Um, He's very vocal and he's very pointed in, in his, his his mission. You know, he he understands the bigger picture. Points of emphasis this week in practice, you think? Well, I'm going to put the pads back on this week. You know, I had taken them off because our numbers are thin, but, you know, it's a double-edged sword and we got it cut by the other edge again. So we're going to put it on, suck it up, and let's go. That's a good point, right? Practicing in pads, uh, you, you risk... You know, there's a higher injury risk, but also it's better preparation, right? No, no doubt, no doubt. It just, it just if you watch a, a non-padded practice for an offensive lineman, it comes down to assignments. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you put the pads on, you go up and touch somebody, they're not going to disintegrate. You know, they're going to fight back, and you don't get that without pads. You know, Brendan, you know, he's an experienced guy. It's at quarterback for Bates. I saw him out there right now watching film and everything. Uh, well, what does he need to do to maybe avoid some of those hits he took there on Saturday? Well, he needs to play within the system. He, he thinks that he has to be the hero all the time, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got good players around him. And when you go outside on your own like that, 
And you know, that's the result. We got zero points out of it, and then we should have. You know, Middlebury was a good team, but you know, we we made them a lot, look a lot better than they do than they really are. Gotcha. Well, were there any other players who kind of stood out to you? You know, when you're watching tape on Saturday, you wanted to point out defensively. You know, the linebackers played well, and mm-hmm. the secondary did a good job at defending the pass. And, Looked like we had a pass rush. And then, so, for the Saturday against Wesley, and um, what do you know about the Cardinals? Are you, have you looked at them yet? Uh, we looked. I looked at a, a half this morning, and they're they're physical, and they're athletic, and they're big and fast and strong. So we got our hands cut out for us. Any other thoughts you wanted to share about, you know, last Saturday and what maybe you hope the team learned? Well, I, you know, I talked with the leadership group, and, and this group's not going to quit. You know, in the past, they've gone to the tank, and then it's all, woe is me, here we go again. This this group isn't going to get it. We're going to learn from it and try and build on it and, and bounce back. You know, I don't know if we bounce back this week or in three weeks, but we're going to bounce back, and they're not going to quit. All right, and our guest, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. The volleyball team won its home opener by a count of 3-1 to Wednesday over Maine Maritime. The Bobcats fell at Colby on Friday, but bounced back to sweep St. Joseph's and Albertus Magnus on Saturday, going 3-1 and overall on the week, and improving the team's record so far this season to 4-6. and First year, Alyssa Lowther stood out for Bates, leading the team in kills in each match. She leads the team with 2.8 kills per set, and Alyssa Lowther is our female Bobcat of the week. I wanted something that was really like academically challenging along with athletically challenging. So Bates kind of like met all those boxes and I really like the NESCAC league. So I was kind of looking at all these NESCAC schools and Bates really just was the perfect fit for me. So growing up in New Jersey, when did you start getting into volleyball? I actually didn't grow up in New Jersey. I did grow up in New York. Um, I had driven 45 minutes to school just to play at like the best New Jersey school in high school so I was always super into volleyball and super competitive and I think that's kind of like what formed me into the player I am today because I was like really high driven into wanting to be most successful at my sport. Where in New York? Upstate so Rockland County. Okay okay and so um, you mentioned you were really driven but how did volleyball first kind of appeal to you? I was always like this tall awkward girl and everyone was always like you should try a volleyball you should try a volleyball so in the eighth grade I like went out for like the team and I ended up actually being good at it so then I started a club and got into it in volleyball and then started becoming competitive about it and dropped every other sport for volleyball. So kind of going 45 minutes to away for high school was that a weird experience because you probably weren't going to high school with people you grew up with right? No I was yeah. the only girl from my town to go to this high school so it was a complete culture change but I wouldn't trade it for the world. And then I know you have a previous connection with Emma Eide etc on the Bobcats tell us about that. Um, Emma's a great person. I had known her through club, and as soon as I heard she was going to Bates, like, that's kind of when the Nescacs kind of got on my radar, so I was just like, oh, I want to look into that, and I always knew Emma was a really good volleyball player, so I was like, so they must be competitive there, and um, she was always, like, someone I kind of looked up to, so that was really great to, to come and play with her. Yeah, it uh, must be exciting to finally actually get to be on the same actual team on the court together, right? Yeah, I would say, like, our connection works really well, too, especially because, like, we have the same fundamentals and we were taught the same volleyball. Great. And then college volleyball compared to club or high school, what's the biggest similarities, maybe differences? Also? Um, in New Jersey, we played best two out of three. Right. And in college, we played best three out of five. So I kind of get a little bit more tired, but I'm finally getting used to it with the conditioning that Coach Emily has made us do. Um, I would say college volleyball, girls show no mercy. They hit pound balls at you, but it kind of just makes you a better player at the end of the day. 
Yeah, you haven't had any five centers yet. Are you looking forward to the first one? <laughs> I'm actually really excited. I've always wanted to go to a five cent. <laughs> Excellent. And then, um, you know, you mentioned Coach Emily Hayes. Uh, what have you been learning from her? She capitalizes on the mental aspect of the game, which I think is something I really need to work on. And I think it's really great because she kind of just shows the importance of, hey, we made it to college volleyball. Let's play to have fun and let's be there for each other. That's what our FEO stands for. And um, I think that's a great way to like lift up your teammates because volleyball is a team sport and we could not do it without the rest of the girls on the team. Emily mentioned, I think you're playing a different role than you played in high school also, right? You're a middle hitter now instead of outside. What's that adjustment been like? I actually did play middle, but I never played defense in my life. Okay. So now when I go in the back row, that's kind of like a new setting. But the girls have been so helpful to, for me, especially Meg and Kate. They've been showing me kind of the ropes. And I think that's super helpful that all the girls are supportive. So that extra, so now you're getting digs for the first time in your life. Right? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Are you looking more almost at your, like, your dig totals after a match than the kills? <laughs> um, not really. I kind of, like, I love getting blocks in kills. Like, that's yeah. kind of my favorite thing to do. But now looking at the defense, I feel like when I'm in the game, I'm thinking more about capitalizing and being perfect on defense rather than, like, middle. And I think that kind of makes it me better when I do get to the front row because I'm not thinking about it as much. Great, and then this past week, a three-in-one week for the volleyball team. Uh, how do you see things kind of coming together right now? Um, it kind of feels like we're kind of gelling together as a team. We had went through like a little bit of a rut, but I think we kind of needed that to push us in order to be a better team together. And you played two matches back-to-back -back on Saturday, right? What was that like? Um, those were actually, thank God we only went to three sets with <laughs> yeah, each <right>. team, <laughs> and we got the job done. Um, but that was super helpful with conditioning too because that will prepare us for when we do have to go to a five set great well any other thoughts you wanted to share about you know the season going forward and some of your goals perhaps um my goals to win always that's always my first priority but um growing as a team we do have a really young team so i think this will be really interesting in a growth period especially with our new coach and i think it's a really exciting future for the volleyball program sounds good let's allow there our female bobcat of the week thanks so much thank you Men's tennis traveled to the ITA New England Championships at Bowdoin last Friday and Saturday. Junior captain Nick Forrester won both his singles matches on Friday, advancing to the round of 16, where he eventually fell to the tournament's runner-up. He also teamed with Nikesh Desai to win a first-round doubles match at ITAs. And Nick Forrester is our male Bobcat of the Week. It was great. We had eight guys that went because we got four doubles teams in, and then it was two singles players. Rain pushed it inside on Friday, so half some of us were at a nearby club, half of us were in the field house at Bowdoin, so it was kind of split up, we had two coaches. Nikki and I were the only ones that advanced in, in doubles, but there was a lot of close matches, it was a lot of, some people were coming back off injuries, so it was tough timing for some teams, but um, no, it was great. Well, tell me a little bit about, I mean, you're a junior, but I feel like this, did you play at ITAs in the fall of your first yeah, year? I played okay. for, I played freshman year, okay. but it was, um, it was new, so. Um, it was okay, but yeah. uh, it's nice knowing more people, knowing kind of what to expect getting there. I mean, it's a big tournament. It means a lot to, to compete in it. So, And then tell me a little bit about the matches. Uh, let's start with singles, your first two singles matches there. I played really, really, really good tennis. Um, I've been working hard with Elliot, our new assistant, and coach on kind of more changing my game style, being more aggressive. Um, so I felt like that was the first time I really put it into action where it's easier inside being I mean there's less variables with wind and but um, yeah I feel like I put it kind of put everything together and it was a long day but I had two really good wins and singles beat two really good players um, 
so I was happy to advance to the second day, which was round of 16. So, And in the round of 16, tell me about that match. So I played Stanley Morris, who's the, who was, plays at Middlebury. He's a senior, I think. Um, and it was close, really close. Um, lost 6-4, 6-3 in a really, really tight match. Um, no, but it was really fun. A lot of the guys came back to that played Friday and had lost, but came back to support on Saturday, which was great. Um, it's great to see so many of them there. And I played really well again, just not didn't get the win, but no, it was a great experience. I mean, yeah, it's some really tough competition, right? Yep, he ended up losing in the final. Okay. Um, so he won pretty easily in his next match that day. So Tell me about uh, you and your doubles partner, uh, Nikesh Desai. Yeah, I mean, we've been playing together since beginning, since last year. We played last year in season together, so, um, and we actually did some stuff this summer. He came up and we played a tournament together, um, which was good to get some extra practice. And we played a tough Amherst team first round. We started off really strong, and then we ended up winning 8-6, which was close. It was really competitive and really felt really good to get that win because uh, he's been working really hard on his game, too, and... We feel like we finally put some pieces together, and then we lost a tough match to a Wesleyan team in the second match, 8-4. But, you know, it was good tennis. We, we like playing together. and yeah. Was it all indoors, or did you play outdoors second day? So Friday was all indoors. Yeah. They tried to move it outdoors at one point, and then it just started pouring, <laughs> so they, like, scrapped that. Right, right. Um, but Saturday ended up being really nice. So Saturday was outside at Bowdoin at, the, at their outdoor facility, which was, which was really nice because... It also allows people, like teammates, to be closer to the court as opposed to behind glass inside. It felt more like, more like a junior tournament inside, where like a USTA, where you're kind of on your own, because it's just coach and I had Teddy, who was another captain out there with me. But other than that, it was everyone was kind of pushed back. So it's great having everyone to be able to be closer on Saturday. So you won the captains this year. Yep. What's yep. that like so far? It's great. So it's it's me, Teddy, Coidy, and Cam Kenya, mm-hmm. and all juniors we have no seniors on this team right um we have a great great group of guys the freshmen have come in and worked really hard we knew what we were getting with the sophomores they were really strong last year and they're a tight group too so we've been working extremely hard trying to get ready for i mean because we feel like we've lost so much time in the past two years that we kind of decided as a group that's like we can't waste any more time we've lost too much to so we've been doing a lot of workouts a lot of practice and kind of becoming close to the team which has been great and it's great to be kind of leading that charge because I think we have a really strong team this year that we could do really well well yeah just for those I mean who have maybe not been following it as closely your first year you had a fall season mm-hmm. spring gets wiped out right spring, we went yeah. to Florida and then okay. and then got back and it was kind of like COVID starting yeah. to yeah so then it got canceled and then your fall, you get wiped out, but yep. you come back a little bit last spring, but not. We had four matches yeah. last spring. We were, which is in two weeks because we had the the lockdown right. for COVID on campus, so that was tough. It's like, so it, I don't know. It's just great. I mean, you can never be too sure if it's like you just have to kind of be grateful that we're yeah. able to play again because COVID's still around. So it's like you never know any day could get worse again, and so we're just kind of taking it one day at a time, trying to get better and better each day and you mentioned no seniors and as junior captains now you can kind of look at kind of big picture not just this year at building for next year as well right yeah we've talked about it as a group we have this is the group for two years this is what we have we'll add to it obviously next year with recruits but this will be the core group for the next two years which is awesome um to kind of think about because 
a lot of years you're coming in, you're reshuffling, you don't really know what to expect because, I mean, even last year we only lost one starter. Yeah. So it's almost like we had the same team for three years, which is great because it gives us a chance to build together and find doubles teams that work. And so it's, I don't know, it's great having a core group of guys that you, you can expect and count on for each year. We have the walk invitation for the men coming up. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you're most looking forward to hosting a bunch of competitors here, right? Well, this is all, this is one of the best facilities in our conference and in the country. So it's great having teams come here to play us. Obviously, we were at Middlebury last weekend. It's a little little far. Yeah. So it's nice having teams like that come here to play play us and try to represent Bates well at home instead of away. Certainly. Well, any other thoughts you want to share on you know the, how the fall's gone so far and what you're most looking forward to looking ahead to spring, perhaps? Um, it's going great. I mean, it's awesome having the entire team back. And we, we gain one. We have someone that's taking a semester off that'll be back in for the spring. And we know he's working hard, so it'll be great to add him to the mix and have a very strong team for the spring. And, I mean, just trying to get better day by day. It's like, just got to take it one day at a time. All right, Nick Forrester, thanks so much. Thank you. The soccer and field hockey teams got a week off from NESCAC action with the women's soccer team playing to a nil-nil draw Wednesday at the University of New England before falling 1-0 in overtime to St. Joseph's on Sunday. Meanwhile, the men blanked Eastern Nazarene 2-0 on Tuesday before falling 2-0 at Brandeis on Saturday. The field hockey team defeated UNE 1-0 on Tuesday and lost a 3-1 road contest to nationally ranked Babson on Friday. Senior Bridget Thompson scored the team's goal against the Beavers. She joins the Bobcast to chat about the season so far and the plethora of extracurricular activities she participates in on campus. Brittany, you had some uh, non-conference games this past uh, this past week, one on Tuesday and one there Friday at Babson. Uh, how'd they go from your perspective? Yeah, so the first game that you're speaking of was UNE. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a little bit of difficulty for some reason on their field because I remember we played Babson two years ago on UNE's turf and it didn't go as well as we would have liked. And so we, we gutted it and we pulled out the 1-0 win, but it should not have been that close. Um, I don't think we were connecting very well. Something about the Nor'easter's blue turf that I kind of think is quite cursed for us. Um, but then, when come Friday with Babson, I mean, I think we really executed pretty much everything correct, except we're having trouble putting the ball in the back of the net. So I think we just got to keep up our intensity and our passing sequences, and and all of our structures are looking good. But we just need to have that extra oomph to really like put it in the back of the net, and that'll be the difference with these close games. And you were able to score yourself, right, against Babson? Take us I, through that goal. I was able to score, not to like toot my own horn. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. If I remember correctly, it wasn't in live play. It was off of a corner. Um, the ball rebounded off of I think maybe a shot of Emily Genusios. I'm not entirely sure. And then I came off to me on like the right side, not quite. The the baseline and everyone was like hit it hit it and I just I drove it I slammed it in it went into the the, the, the left corner of the, of the goal and there we go but um that tied it up but then they, they came back with their two goals later in the game well you mentioned you know putting the ball in the back of the net I mean when everything's going right except for the very end that can be a little frustrating I imagine it can be yeah. a little frustrating and it's not though the thing is like it's not necessarily like a fault of just one specific like position on the team I mean like there's so many different things that culminate in scoring opportunities versus just like finishing on that scoring opportunity like the more scoring opportunities that we create I mean the higher likelihood that we'll put the ball in the back of the net so it's not strictly like a offensive or forward-minded issue I think it's an entire team issue that we're going to need to work through in this 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 long stretch of games coming up um, to kind of have some more success in the rest of the season. Yeah, you played what three NESCAC games so far, and now yeah, you have some more. yeah, we have a yeah. huge stretch coming up. Yeah. So I mean, I mean tomorrow's a home game versus Thomas, yeah. but then we play Tufts. 
and Trinity this weekend. And I think we have Middlebury at some point coming up and then Amherst that next weekend. So I think a couple weekends of double headers. So we got to keep our head on straight, keep grinding. But this is a really important long stretch for us at this moment in the season. And you scrimmage toughs before the year, right? Yes, we, we do that every year. Yeah. Um, and it's usually a good indicator of where both of our teams are at. But I mean, I can tell you every year Tufts is a strong team. Like it's never a surprise when you go to scrimmage them because they're always they're always a tough team. Yeah. We're playing away on their turf. Um, they have an Astro turf though, so it's not like we're going to be playing on field turf. They're a strong team. I mean, but I think we're definitely we're definitely in it if we play the way that I know that we can play. Um, and so I'm excited to see how the game goes. I think it'll be a good close game as all NESCAC games are. And hopefully we have a bit more um, luck with the scoring end of things. You mentioned Thomas, which is Tuesday. Um, I know the field hockey team is collecting food for the Good Shepherd Food Break and money as well, right? Yeah, it's a Hockey for Hunger game, 7 p.m., um, home on our field against Thomas. And we'll be collecting both monetary donations, I think particularly in the form of checks, as well as non-perishable food donations to go to the Good Shepherd Food Bank, which service the, services the entire state of Maine. And actually, in the past, our team has actually donated time at the Good Shepherd Food Bank, besides just goods and money. We've actually spent time helping out there. So it's definitely a cause that means a lot to us and um, something that will be well represented at tomorrow's game. And you do a lot on campus. Talk about the Special Olympics Club. How's that going? Yeah, no, it's good. We've definitely gotten the membership up considerably and a lot of interest. Um, the Navigators were actually supposed to come to a um, women's soccer game a couple weeks ago, but they had a bit of a COVID scare and had to just make sure everyone was good on their end. But um, I think you'll be seeing them um, on campus for a game in really the, the near future and then probably keep I'll, I'll tell you guys to keep on the lookout for an event we'll probably be hosting sometime in like mid to late October so yeah we're just getting things together the events we've been doing right now have kind of been virtual but hopefully as things kind of lighten up a bit COVID wise um, we can kind of try to do a bit more um, outside and in person you back on the radio or is that not a thing anymore? not yet okay. um, I do it every winter semester I'm okay. glad to know that Aaron is quite anticipating my radio return <laughs> as is my family okay. um, but yeah yeah I will I will be back uh, come winter semester with WRBC, so very excited for that. <laughs> Great. And, and what else are you up to this fall? Here? Yeah, I am um, co-president of SAC with Gabby Meisel on the swim team, and then um, I also work in admissions as a senior fellow, helping attract prospective students to our wonderful school. So those are a couple other things I do besides field hockey. <laughs> And so uh, student-athlete advisory committee, how's that going? What are some of your goals this year? Yeah, we're really trying to, I think, define what people's roles are and, and like, I guess kind of give the organization or com a committee a sense of identity. I think like in the past we've kind of, it's been a kind of a bit like back and forth as to exactly what SAC does. So I think we're really trying to like establish some like kind of in stone things about what we want to get accomplished and what is expected of members. And so they can have a bit of pride when it comes to being like a SAC representative of your team. Um, so that has actually resulted in us coming up with three different committees that all members will be split into with various different um, roles on campus. So one is the events committee, which um, has to do with SAC putting on our own fundraising and events. Then we have a community um, and social oriented committee where we'll actually be kind of keeping our ear to the ground as to what's already happening on campus and finding ways in which SAC can kind of amplify um, the existing clubs and voices on campus. And then we have our social media committee, which Gabby can tell you a lot about. It's actually grown. I think we're up to almost 700 followers now. So if you can follow at BaitSAC, that would be much appreciated. So all those different things, um, kind of just trying to come up with concrete like goals and responsibilities, I think move the committee forward a lot. Yeah, I love the post on Instagram live from Bates Foreign events. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that Gabby and I have been really trying to put an emphasis on is like, I, we've always talked about it in SAC and I think we've done it, but 
I think we're just trying to put more and more awareness about it. Like showing up and supporting your fellow teammates because it really means a lot when I noticed a couple weeks ago, one of our first home games, like we had a lot of Bates students come to watch us play. And it means like the world when you look in the crowd and you have like other student athletes at school, like supporting you. Um, I think it goes a long way. So we're really trying to increase that for all SAC members and just all sports teams in general to support us fall athletes right now and then winter and spring. Terrific. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about the field hockey team maybe here going forward we haven't got to talk about yet? Um, I just wanted to say I'm incredibly grateful to be a member of this team, and I can't believe that I am a senior, so I'm definitely getting a little bit sad talking about all this with you, but I think we're all just so happy and grateful to be playing um, normally pretty much right. this year, and I love this team. I love everyone on it. I think that we're really capable of good things. We just need to execute like I know we can and keep up the positivity and intensity. So go Bobcats. All right, Bridget Thompson, thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. The men's golf team played one round at the Bowdoin Invitational on Saturday before Sunday's action got washed away by rain. Senior captain Jack Howard made that one round count, shooting one over par and tying for fifth place out of 83 competitors. Yeah, it was a fun round. It uh, played well. It was funny. Uh, my family came, which is awesome. So my grandma, dad, and mom were there. Um, and my dad joked. He was like, go bury the first hole. Uh, I buried the first hole. And uh, after that, it was kind of smooth sailing. So uh, it was my best career tournament round, actually. So uh, it was really cool to do it with the family there. So I had a great time out there. So the first hole of you birdied, uh, when did you know you had a shot? The approach probably? Or? Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a bad drive I was a little nervous I thought I kind of missed it almost but uh it was a par five and then I put a wedge on the green and uh and made a putt so uh it worked out so I didn't hit the best shots but on a par five you can you know you can afford to do that a little bit more so right right some time for recovery um senior captain this year so what's it like being kind of one of the leaders here Oh, it's been great. It's funny. We have a, a lot of sophomores in the team, a lot of really good players, yeah. actually. So uh, I'm joking that, uh, you know, uh, in years past, uh, we had a pretty good team, but we have a lot of talent this year. So it's actually been hard to even play. Uh, some of these you know, sophomores are really good players. Um, but it's been great. It's been really a privilege to lead these guys. Team chemistry has been really good. And uh, obviously, Brendan, we'll probably get to that. Um, yeah. But uh, he's been awesome. So uh, it's been pretty easy, I feel like, because everyone gets along well. And um, I feel like I don't have to do too much. Well, it's funny. I think we did a photo shoot at Martindale the other day, and Phyllis, our photographer, mentioned that folks were competing for a spot at Bowdoin, right? Yeah, so it was funny. Actually, we did a three-hole playoff. Uh, it, was, it was really fun. The whole team was watching. Yeah. Phyllis was there snapping pictures. Uh, it felt like I was on a tour or something. It was, it was really cool. Uh, I went against, uh, actually, my roommate uh, and, and good friend, uh, Patrick Bergen, mm -hmm. uh, which... Uh, uh, I'm excited. Actually, I'm going to play in the Colby Classic with him. Nice. So uh, we're teaming up again uh, after sophomore year. Obviously canceled with COVID. Uh, but uh, we had a great duel there, so I came out on top. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was he made a great comeback, and it was really fun. So uh, I think we've done a good job kind of bridging that gap between you know, golf's so weird as an individual sport. You know, you, you really want to beat the other one. Everyone's competitive, but at the same time, we are a team. So kind of, you know, playing against Patrick, wanting to win, but also, you know, at the end, once the putts hold, being happy for whoever wins and stuff because, after all, we are teammates. So it's been competitive, but uh, it's definitely prepared me well for tournaments because I've experienced the pressure in practice. So Yeah, and then right after that, obviously, you went there and played at Bowdoin. Unfortunately, the next day got canceled because of rain, right? But, I mean, you Mitchell was your best round yet as a collegiate golfer, so how, how did it feel walking off the course? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was actually really funny because my dad joked. I was I was playing really well, and I tried to make a few birdies, and uh, he was laughing because I think deep down he's like, hey, go go make a few birdies and hope for a rain out, like laughing. Uh, but, uh, but obviously, I, you know, I don't have that many collegiate rounds left, and I do really want to play, so 
I was I was bummed when it rained out. I was happy for the finish, but again, I kind of I feel like you have to believe as a player, as an athlete, that you can go out and do it again. And and I kind of thought, you know, I could go out and do it again, not not being arrogant or not. But if you don't have that mentality, right. you know, you, you you just need to have that. So, um, but yeah, it was a bummer to have it canceled. But um, I'm lucky I played well Saturday. <laughs> Certainly. And then Brendan Croto, new head coach uh, for the program, kind of almost straight out of college there at Southern Maine. What's he like? Brendan's great. He's been awesome for the program. Um, it was. I feel like I've really got to know him in the fall. The spring was a bit funky uh, with COVID and everything. Uh, but Brendan's great. It's been a pleasure to work with him. Um, we've been in contact a lot. Um, nothing but good things about Brendan. It's it's really good to have him on the course. I feel like sometimes I get a little in my own head. So uh, he'll kind of settle me down. And and you know when I'm about to hit a shot and. Uh, he probably saves me one or two shots around, just kind of, you know, calming me down and stuff. So it's great to have him walking out there. I feel like it's just, uh, he's great for the team. Nothing but good things. He's been awesome. Take us back to growing up. When did you start golfing? Yeah, so it's funny. Um, my grandma was actually at the tournament, um, and my uh, grandpa got me into the, like her husband, uh, yeah. got me into the game uh, when I was about eight years old. But at that point, I was playing maybe three holes a year. I'd make like a 12, a 10, and an 18, and go get a Snickers bar or something. Yeah. So it wasn't really golf, but he's the first one who kind of taught me how to swing. Um, and then probably around 12, 13, I really, I kind of got the golf bug, as they say. I kind of got obsessed with it. And uh, I'd say 12, 13, and maybe by 15, I was playing tournaments. So eighth grade, I'd say, was when my golf career started. But I was, you know, first swing a club at like eight years old. So What's been the biggest challenge developing as a golfer kind of through the years? So so golf is tough because when you first start out, you, you drop a lot of shots, you know. And, and when you're, first, you're not good, you, it's really fun because you see your score going down and down yeah. and down. Then eventually you hit a level where you start to plateau, and that's when it gets a little bit frustrating. I feel like for every athlete it's like that, you know, maybe you, you get bigger and taller and then every other kid catches up to you or, or something to the likes of that. Uh, but uh, golf is, you know, you can hit the ball farther, you can do all that, but you know, it's funny because I'll play a course and shoot the same score I did in ninth grade if I had a great round just because it's the same course. You know, that's what you measure yourself off of. So I say it gets tougher because the short game gets, you know, it's it's imperative to practice the short game. And I feel like it's tempting to go to the range and hit drivers and stuff. So uh, that, that might be the toughest part uh, is, is probably discipline with practice, honestly, and dividing that time up well. Tell me how you first decided you wanted to come to Bates for college. Yeah, it's, I was kind of, uh, I, I did want to play golf in college, yeah. um, and I looked around at, uh, actually, Bates, and uh, actually, I toured Colby, I thought I'd really like Colby, and uh, I, I really didn't like Colby at all, which is kind of funny, um, but went to Bates, uh, kind of stepped on the campus and loved it, and uh, I, I kind of talked to, it was Coach Upham at the time, yeah. uh, who's the assistant ski coach now, uh, and, you know, he was he was a great guy, so I talked to him a little bit, and uh, at that point, I don't, really wasn't recruited, I think he said, hey, if you can get in, you can play, um, I went early decision. I got in, and the rest was history. So I don't, I don't have any regrets there. Yeah, I know Coach Upham was uh, kind of the steward of the program there for a few years. Then you had Henry Fall, now Brendan Croto. So what's it been like, kind of having different instructors? I guess. Yeah, no, Coach Upham. That was that was awesome for him to come in, especially that you know it wasn't his expertise, obviously, right. and uh, you know he he took a step out of his comfort zone. So he was always great to me, and I'll always have a lot of respect for him. And then Henry, obviously, coming in, started to recruit and kind of you know, grow the program. Henry was a good collegiate golfer and stuff. Um, and then I feel like the transition with Henry leaving, everyone was kind of like, where's it going to go? But Brendan's picked up right where it's left off. And, uh, you know, I feel like it was a very smooth transition. So kudos to Brendan and Henry for, for good communication stuff. Uh, but the program is on the up, I'd say 
we're just getting better every single year. So, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned all the sophomores, and as a senior captain, it must be nice to see the future of the program in good hands, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, give it two years, and those guys are seniors. Yeah. Like, I think we have, like, maybe six sophomores in the team. Or it's, it's really competitive. Some good freshman players. Um, it's great. We have one senior, and then Patrick's a junior, and then that's it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bates Golf is definitely on the up. A uh, couple of good recruits I'm sure Brendan will get coming in. Uh, it, it's really exciting to see the programs grow. Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about the past weekend there at Bowdoin, what you're looking forward to here the rest of the fall? Uh, yeah, so uh, next week is the Colby Classic. Uh, really, Patrick and I uh, were second place sophomore year. We, we played really well there. So that, that's uh, honestly one of the most fun tournaments of the year just because it's a team event, uh, which, you know, in golf you don't get to do that as much. So it's always a lot of fun having another guy there to kind of pick you up when you're down. And, and just, to you know, we were chest bumping and stuff. It was a, it was a great time. Um, and then we also have the, the CBB, which we beat Bowdoin by only three shots. So um, I think uh, – our team is good. I think we can put up better numbers in tournaments, uh, to be honest. Uh, but uh, Bowden and Colby, I think uh, it'll be a good. It'll be a good match. So obviously, we always want to bring home the hardware back to Loose. And Bowden, Bowden, I won. We won freshman year. Bowden won sophomore year. So uh, everyone come out to the CBB at, at uh, Waterville Country Club. That that's the big tournament to end the year. So just those two, but uh, exciting, exciting tournaments. And then Netscax in the spring, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. Um, we didn't even have a spring season before I was here. My freshman year right. was the first year we started a spring season, which was which was great. Um, and so hopefully, uh, pending COVID, we'll be able to do the spring trip. Obviously, that was like a couple days before last year, um, or two years ago, actually. Um, but uh, NESCAC's going to be awesome. So that that's the big tournament. So, you know, again, having the simulator room yep. and stuff is going to be great. Um, you know, kind of started with the past teams. Mentioned Preston Ha, Nick yeah. Biotti, yeah. Jim Stevens, all those. Uh, all those guys uh, in the past kind of really that was I feel like the root of when Bates Golf started to pick up with Henry and stuff and to be able to have that facility in the winter to work on our game is going to be key for preparing for NESCAX I'd say sounds good thanks so much thank you so much for having me I appreciate it this week we're excited to feature one of our 13 club sports at Bates the rugby team has its home opener this Friday at Garcelon Field against the University of Maine the action gets underway at 7 p.m. And we are joined by seniors George Scouten and Tim Hunter to preview the game and teach me and perhaps our listeners a little about rugby. George, we'll start with you. I believe you're the president, right, of yep. Bates Rugby. And tell me how you first got involved with rugby kind of growing up. I'd never played at all before Bates. Okay. Um, I just happened to find the team at the club fair, and I've been uh, playing ever since. It's a joy. It's a lot of fun. What was it like learning the sport? Um, you know, after you found them at the at the fair. Oh, it was it was really tough. Yeah. It was uh, at first there was a lot of guys who really knew what they were doing. We had a couple guys from England who'd been playing it since they, you know, learned how to write and ride a bicycle. Um, but but they did a lot to help us younger guys learn what to do. And, and now, uh, you know, Tim and I both we'd never played before, and now we sort of have a good feel for the game and good feel for what's going on. Did you play sports growing up and just wanted to find something here at Bates? Or? Uh, I ran track. That's okay. it. Not a big uh, contact or organized sports guy myself. So this was a little bit different then. A little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different for sure. And Tim, how about for you? How did, how did the first kind of, it sounds like you also started when you got here at Bates, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, so I didn't have a team coming into to college, and I'd always grown up playing on sports teams, played soccer, played basketball. Um, I never played any contact sports, but I liked the idea of it. You know, I had I had like a, a birthday party where we played tackle football in the snow, and that's one of those that made me love tackle sports. But um, I never played, so I got to college. Um, one of the captains, uh, when I was a freshman, hit up the Facebook group chat or Facebook group for our class. Said if if you're looking for a team, you're a retired athlete, 
And I said, yeah, that's, that's me. I need a team. I need, a, I need people to hang out with. That was always my social circle. Um, so yeah, I, I picked it up freshman year. Um, definitely first few weeks are hard for sure. I, I've never watched before, but I think a lot of people come in with that, with that um, lack of training. And so, you know, once I kept doing it, I, I think I started to fill in love with it. And um, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And you have to learn how to play, but you also have to learn just like the rules, right? I imagine. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I still don't know all the rules yet either. But, you know, I, I just keep going and <laughs> I don't stop. But when, when he blows the whistle, I, I go back and figure it out. And yeah, yeah. No, I'm still figuring it out. But I'd say once you get the gist of it, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's one of the the best adrenaline rushes or, or feelings and togetherness I've ever had on a team. So I believe you guys work closely with Mike Milliken, right? Yeah, Mike. Mike's our uh, full-time coach, um, and he does a lot to teach us, you know, what's going on, especially with rules and everything. And and one of the things that people don't, you know, sort of realize about rugby being a club sport is we have sort of like a two-week or two and a half-week turnaround from when we meet new freshmen to start the club, to join the club the first time, until we play our very first full contact game. So it's a really quick turnaround. We have intense practices where we. We focus a lot on game prep and learning, and Mike does a great job in teaching us that. And George, I, yeah, I see you guys practicing on the grass there by uh, Russell Street Field, uh, by Russell Street, I should say, right? Yeah, Paige, Paige is usually our home. Yep. Um, it's it's an absolute joy. We have uh, two two posts up there. We have a couple potholes and manholes that we have to be wary of, okay. but it's it's just a little obstacle course for us. We love yeah. it. And then Tim, you had your uh, opener against at Bowden, right? And and um, Bates emerged victorious. Tell us about that game. Yeah, I mean it was great. I was really proud of our underclassmen. Um, they really stepped up, as George was saying. You know, they've only had a few weeks of, of practice, um, and while we try to work them hard, we also try to have fun and keep it a little bit light. Um, so Bowden was was kind of our reward for that those three weeks of practice, and we went out there and, and we punched them in the mouth, and we came out with a victory, and I was very proud of that. Um, that being said, we've got a lot to work on, and uh, this week's gonna be tough, especially with Orono. Um, but it was it was a good development. It was very positive, and a lot of our freshmen really stepped up. So only four games, so a short season. Is it normally like this? So we had one team drop out of the league this year. Okay. It's usually five. Um, Maine Maritime uh, dropped from the league. Uh, but other than that, we usually have five games during this semester, and if we end up coming out in the top two, we'll make the playoffs, play more, and after all that, we have a spring season as well where we play scrimmages, we play sevens, which is a different form of rugby, um, and we, we go and enter various tournaments. So there's a lot of rugby throughout the year that we end up playing. And speaking of that, in terms of forms of rugby or what rugby is for people who don't know, <laughs> I, I feel like it's, it's similar to what they call Australian rules football, but it's not, right? Yeah, it's, it's very, very different. It's very different, in, okay. In, uh, <laughs> in Australian rules football, there's a lot of like kicking and yeah. setting marks, and, and the field is actually an oval and not a square. Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but rugby is, is like one of the few sports that I know there are a lot of like, you know, more nuanced and complicated rules, but a lot of the basics make sense. Okay. Is that you can only pass the ball backwards. In order to get the ball, you got to be standing behind the guy in front of you. And once guys get the basics of, of what's going on, everything else sort of comes naturally. You just add in a new thing every day, a new little rule, a new little aspect of the game. By the time we hit, hit game time, everyone sort of knows what, what, they're, what they're about, what's going on. And so, but there is still kicking though, right? Yeah, they're still yeah, okay. kicking. Yeah, they're still kicking. Um, yeah, I'm not the best at it. Tim, Tim, that's more Tim's forte. Um, we had a, one of our new uh, freshmen, he was incredible. Mm-hmm. Eli, Eli sophomore. Kushner, sophomore. Oh. Eli Kushner, class of uh, 24. 
yeah, he, he hit a majority of his, his penalty kicks in the pouring rain against Bowden with the wind blowing and everything. It nice. was, it's, uh, there's a lot of kicking in the game, and, and, and some guys really, really know what they're doing about it. Yeah, kicking aspect is you kick for field position like punts, mm-hmm. um, but you can go and chase and, and take the ball from them on a kick. And then if you score a try, which is basically like a touchdown, okay. uh, you can get an extra point or extra two points um, if you kick it through the uprights. And, yeah, that's, that's the kicking. So 29-24 against Bowden, is that an average score or is that about high or low perhaps? That's like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit above average okay. maybe, but that's, that's around. They're, they're definitely similar to football scores. Uh, they don't tend to get up um, into the 40s or 50s unless it's a real blowout. Um, but that was a close game, hard fought, and, and we scored uh, four or five tries. And so, George, uh, if fans come out here, because you guys are playing right here on Garcelon Friday yep. night, what can they expect to see from Bates Rugby? Uh, they can expect, especially our game against Orno, they can expect a lot of contact, a lot of physicality, everything you, you would love about football or the sports, but a lot of the, the really cool finesse plays you'd see in soccer with kicks. Um, and just we have a couple really talented ball handlers on the team, so you're going to see a couple serious, like, sports center top ten worthy highlights, I'll be honest. Uh, excellent. And what, uh, what do you say about that in terms of what fans can expect? Yeah, we're a hard-nosed team. We're going to go out and fight, and we're going to punch them in the mouth. And we got a, we got a senior class full of strong uh, back play, so we'll get out in open space, and, and we'll have some good attacking threat. You mean Orono, the biggest school in terms of number of students, are they normally the biggest challenge? Yeah, they're they're a, they're a really challenging team, and they're also a big team. They're they're a lot, yeah. you know. There's there's a lot of uh, former football players that they have. They also have just a lot of size generally um, that we really have to contend against, and we have to work really hard all this past week uh, and the week before to be really technically proficient with our tackles to know, you know, it's not the easiest task to bring down a guy that's twice your size, but it can be done if you know how to do your form correctly um, and you practice that. So. Great. Well, any other thoughts uh, both of you wanted to share about, um, you know, the rugby club here at Bates in case there's any, any listeners out there who might want to join perhaps? Yeah. Um, so, well, two things. I mean, we're, we're starting a women's team, so we have a few loyal members that, are, that have come around um, to practices. Um, so we practice every day at 4.30. Everyone is welcome to come, no matter skill level. Um, yeah, and we're, we're trying to start up a women's rugby team, but it's kind of hard to do without uh, women on the team. So, but... Other than that, um, yeah, we're, we're a fun group, very international, very diverse. Um, we're very accepting of all shapes and sizes. Um, and most of all, I want to say that it's just a great group of, group of guys, um, and I really love going out there and, and fighting with my team. And you two are proof there's no prior experience necessary, right? Yep, that's true. And, and w- with what Tim said, all practices are co-ed, so you know, we don't, we don't you know, separate practices or anything like that. So if you're feeling rugby... Um, just come out. We'd love to have you. We have a great culture, great family we got. Um, and if not, if you're feeling like you don't want to play rugby, come see us on Friday. we got a, a seriously fun game coming up. Yeah, come see the rugby club on Friday, and then maybe you'll see something you like and might want to join, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you have it. Jordan, Tim, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast and uh, sort of previewing the home opener here for the rugby squad. Thank you, Aaron. Next time on the Bates Bobcast. We'll recap the main state meet as the nationally ranked women's and men's cross-country teams look to defend their state titles on their home course at Pineland Farms. Plus, the football team is home this Saturday at 1 p.m. against Wesleyan for Back to Bates Family Day. The rest of the fall sports teams are on the road, but we'll have the full recap of all the action next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, Bates.
Why? 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 Why?